If you're walking around the greater Philadelphia area on the sidewalk or roadside, and you happen to see a young man wearing a backwards hat or forwards hat and sandals, like sandals that you can do many different things in, uh, then you might be seeing me, and my name's Aaron. If you see someone standing, it's me, Adam. And that's all we do. We wear sandals and we stand here on the Keenan and Kel podcast with Adam and Aaron. I think I just, you know, the fact that I wear sandals, I think gives a lot about my character away to, to people. Uh, a lot, well, uh, I've had people make fun of me, absolutely, for wearing sandals. But listen, I, I got to let my toes breathe. So well, it's the first time it's coming up on our show. So that's true. That's true. I, I don't know how passionate you are about them if it's if it's waited this long. Well, for the majority of the time that we did our show, I lived in I lived in the city, and then mm-hmm. you know you don't wear sandals in the city. I get that. Okay, so no. maybe it's like a very very like suburban rural thing to wear sandals, but I wear sandals all the time now. We're also recording this in August, so yeah, like, right. like wearing sandals is like a whatever thing at the moment. This is Keenan and Kel with Ab and Aaron. <laughs> A podcast where we talk about every episode of Keenan and Kel, the 90s Nickelodeon sitcom. And we ran out of things to talk about, so <laughs> this time we're talking about footwear in Keenan and Kel. <laughs> Just kidding, but Adam outfits. Best outfits might be a good uh Ooh. that might be a good episode in the future. That is actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough because I, I don't have that in my notes. Well, I, I do, but the visual component of that's gonna be important. Maybe about the first uh, video episode. Well, I mean, maybe we could do uh, you could do Netflix, Paramount Plus, I'll give you my login, you could just click through. <laughs> yeah, we, we could do a, a, a PowerPoint party uh, version of this the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have a we'll have a Keenan and Kel webinar for all of our loyal fans. Yeah, no, I I would love to get someone in the fashion industry to like Ooh. like be on with us to help Ooh. describe what we're seeing. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. Uh, but no, this one's about an era that, uh, before and after Keenan and Kel proper, and an episode that I call Keenan versus Kel: The Rivalry, Rift, and Reunion. Yeah, so a lot of times when you bring up to people that you are the co-host of a Keenan and Kel podcast, which is a very obscure thing to share with people. <laughs> Uh, outside of the media world but you know you bring this up to people and they're like oh didn't they break up it's like well uh, well, I mean I heard heard, uh, Keenan doesn't like Kel anymore yeah didn't Kel die in 2008 (laughs) yeah a lot of uh, rumors and hearsay and kind of people not everyone's as up on the Keenan and Kel news as we are right and you gotta think okay it makes sense that there's a lot of gossip surrounding Keenan and Kel and the years after the show aired because that's when the internet kind of got big and internet gossip just started right yeah you have this international global gossip about who do you talk about well People that you know about. And who did everybody know about back then? Well, Keenan yeah, and Kel. A celebrity that you haven't seen in a while is like is prime for that kind of stuff. So oh, yeah. this is part going over uh, Keenan and Kel's history around the show. And kind of, you know, there was a separation. But things are much better now. And that's the era that we're that our show exists in. So I, I want to I wanna celebrate it and kind of outline exactly what happened. Why we suspect things happened or uh, yes. put our own little interpretation on it. Uh, but we also are going to, of course, obviously, respect the professionalism of these two actors because they are professionals. And that's, I think, Adam, I think that's probably what we're going to find out um, after having this conversation. These are two individual, independent actors who are making their own ways in the in the entertainment industry. You know, lumping them together, you know, it, it's not a SpongeBob and Patrick kind of deal, right? So. No. Yeah, uh, like everything, the rumors are are rarely fully true. That's right. So, so we're here to uh, clear the air. 
Yes. With all the hubris we can muster. And before we get too far, Aaron, uh, I mentioned it. Let's get into some Keenan and Kel news. So on August 11th, uh, that'll be the past of when this episode goes up, but there is a ceremony to honor Kenan Thompson, who is getting a star <gasps> on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Whoa, a star? A star. I'll be honest with you. I thought uh, I thought this was a bigger accomplishment than, uh, <laughs> than, it, than it truly was. I, I looked up the number of stars. How many do you think there are? Uh, well, now that you prefaced it like that. You know, before you preface that, I'd probably say there's like, I don't know, up like around a thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after that, what are you thinking? Uh, what, 5,000? <laughs> no. <laughs> Halfway there. Uh, Keenan stars the 2,728. It's a lot of stars. You know, Hollywood right. hasn't been around that long. <laughs> it's like, it, has, it no. hasn't, it hasn't, right? We got like about 100 years, give or take a couple decades. And I also learned that there's a, a like five different categories, apparently, of stars. Okay. And uh, and some people have multiple stars. Like one person has like all five. Right. For stuff like radio and recording and, and, and all these different aspects. Uh, what about podcasting? Is that, a, is that one yet? Uh, I, I hope it falls between radio and recording because I would like to submit us one day. <laughs> 20 years. We're still recording. Going back over episodes. Speaking of submission, I, I have to like say, especially with the topic of the, of the week, that uh, there should be a star out there for uh, Kel Mitchell as well. Oh yeah, give me give me the criteria for Keenan and why Kel should also be included. Well, we I, it's a, such an enormous segment, Aaron, that I would like to explore this in future episodes under a new title. I haven't come up with it yet exactly, but I'm thinking something like a star is peeved. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly, it can't be too difficult to get get Kel a star. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. you, you're leaving me hanging, but I guess I'll just hang out here for a little while. Yeah, I, I want us to begin a campaign to see what needs to happen for for Kel to get get on there. A star is peeved. Yeah, star is peeved. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, great. So, uh, on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? 1950s? <laughs> yeah, no, I've got that Hollywood energy right now. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Hollywood. On with the show. <laughs> All right, um, so how are we going to do this, Adam? You're going to kind of walk us, do a history walk, and I'm going to chime in, uh, and yep. then and then I'll off, I'll lead the uh, the contemplative meditation section at the end. Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> yes, uh, I hope that's the, the plan. All right, here we go. Do you know who starred in the movie first, Keenan or Kel? Keenan. Yes. Do you know the movie? No. Uh, D2, The Mighty Ducks, the sequel to the first Mighty Ducks movie. Uh, he was in the sequel. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he played uh, the heroes of the story, Russ. Russ. And uh, and he, that uh, kind of was his recognized talents that uh, got him uh, booked on all that. Right. He was got well. Him and Kel came on all that at the same time, right? Right. For the first season, they were like kind of you know, uh, Kel was a, a new hire, and Keenan like apparently was like the big shots because of Mighty Ducks. Like he rolled on his set for the first time, like on rollerblades. Right. Like, that's how cool. Full confident. Right. <laughs> Fully confident. Right. And kind of becoming his own actor. Um, Adam, so how did Keenan and Kel grow up? Like, what was their... Did you learn anything about their early roots as actors? A bit. Uh, Keenan Thompson was from uh, Columbus, Ohio, originally. Uh, his family moved to Atlanta, Georgia, when he was nine months old. Yeah, he was a baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, his mom enrolled him in acting classes when he was five. Seems like because he always liked entertaining people. Oh, yeah. Right? Something like that, right? So, yeah. And she worked hard mm-hmm. to make ends meet, things like that. Yeah, a, a lot of the the show Keenan is kind of inspired by his early life. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Kel was a Chicago boy. South side of Chicago. And he was taking uh, drama classes in a vocational high school. It was very much like, you know, they, they're kind of primed and primed to be young actors. Right. And so they were both born in 1978. And all that started in 1994, right? Right. Okay. That's correct. So they're both 16 when things were kicking off. They were 16. Yeah. So sophomores in high school, essentially. Yeah. And that's a that's a whole like you know world of <laughs> uh, there of right. I I don't know how it works when people go to school and act at the same time. Right. But it definitely happens. Right. It def yeah. That's a lot of child. Well, a whole, I'm sure there's a whole industry about that. Well, I'd love to talk to someone in Hollywood proper that knows how that works. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's not uncommon. Like when I was a sophomore in high school, I had a job. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. You know, so <laughs> they were both young, doing high school, up and comers, right? And then when they started Keenan and Kel, they were freshman year of college, basically, right? Yeah, basically that age. So, uh, and that's a uh, that was the evolution. From on all that, uh, the writers really noticed their chemistry. When I say writers, I mean people like Kevin and Heath. Right. Uh, they like they saw that kind of dynamic that they have there, and um, you know, with with some help from other parties, like the the show came to be. Uh, I think their their Mavis and Clavis characters were what really kind of inspired this. Basically, two old men that they both portrayed. Right. Who uh, I I'm pretty sure they took partly from people that they knew, you know. And you just kind of uh, and that's the beauty of of young actors because you just your imagination is is you know it, it's kind of limited to what you've experienced, but mm-hmm. it's also young enough to see the potential of such a role. So yeah. Mavis and Clavis. They uh, they clearly did their kind of comedy homework in a sense. The the show was inspired, but all that inspired by, of course, SNL. It, like, but more for you know a kid audience in mind. And like one of the first things Keenan did was his um his uh, Bill Cosby impression. Right. Like that 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 was what he was his, his staple for a bit. But then it evolved into that kind of chemistry between the two of them. So yeah, 1996 was the first year of Keenan and Kel. Right. And they were also friends off the set right they weren't just uh compatible on stage but it was also they they you know they started being friends off the set and all that kind of stuff and all that yeah no th- there's a real uh, camaraderie there yeah <laughs> and that because they had, were doing two shows at the same time I think there were seasons that they were recorded, if I'm not mistaken. The first season of Keenan and Cal was from April 96 to August. Right. And, like, on the other times of the year, they were doing all that. And the following year, in 1997, uh, in the first six months of the year, they were doing all that, Keenan and Cal, and Good Burger. Right. Yeah, so they, I, I heard Keenan in an interview say, you know, they didn't have unions back in the day in Florida. So they would just <laughs> kind of work and... That was fine with them because that was a dream come true, right? They would be they would be like working, working, working 12-hour days and there was no kind of laws or rules against it. That was just kind of how it, how it happened. Um, and, and that was the industry they were entering. That's, that's what they wanted to do. Um, you know, to be a child star, to be in your teens and <laughs> be making Good Burger, which mm-hmm. grossed, you know, $23 million. And then you go to your other job, which is working as a performer in a theme park, essentially. Yeah, right. They had great success with Good Burger. Uh, the The production took a, a place over six months. Like, that's the big claim to fame story. There was a real tell-all article about Good Burger. 
a couple years ago. Which is short for a movie, right? Yeah. It was pitched to like a, you know, hey, SNL does these spinoff movies. They take a skit that works. Right. And Good Burger was a skit on all that. That was very popular. Uh, Cal plays Ed, the, you know, uh, dumb cashier at a at a fast food place. Good Burger. Oh, Adam, we, we, we know Ed. Oh, yeah. yeah we, we got him. <laughs> And so they said, hey, what if we spin this off? And the higher-ups said, that sounds great. However, we really want it for this summer blockbuster season. <laughs> and they're like, that's in six months. Uh, okay. Let's make it happen. They, they made it happen, too. It's real cool how, like, how much of a cult following this kind of slapdash effort was. Right. Uh, yeah, a cult following and... Really, like, that was so many people's childhood, like, you know, because that's what you did in the summer, right? You went to see movies. Um, you're you're growing up in the late 90s, and you're watching Keenan and Kel. You're watching all that. These guys were all over the youth entertainment stage. Um, oh, yeah. And they were they were great friends during all of it. I think it's important to, to highlight that this is kind of, this, this moment here, 97, is when Keenan and Kel kind of become a, a package deal. Right. Uh, this is when they would start like having those four appearances on the Steve Harvey show together as Keenan and Kel. As sister sister, uh, they star in it together as like two different characters. Right. Right. In '97, they have cameos together uh, on Cousin Skeeter, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. They're 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 together like like this. Yeah, it seems like they're they're signing together. They're a package deal, right? People ask them to both be on. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, that said, uh, things go in a different direction. Uh, in 1999, one of them stars in the movie Mystery Men. Uh, do you know who that is? That's Kel. Kel Mitchell. You could see in the beginning, like, Keenan had all that more experience with uh, Mighty Ducks, but suddenly, even though he was doing uh, Mighty Ducks in 96, uh, the, the third movie in the series D3, Kel's the one that got this huge blockbuster role. Uh, in Mystery Man. He played Invisible Boy, if you ever recall seeing that. I don't know if I ever saw this movie. Hmm. I think I watched it with you and Rachel one time. Okay, maybe maybe that's true. Uh, but I've only seen it the once. Uh, a, a flop of a film. It did not, it did not make, make back its gross, but, uh, you know, starred uh, Ben Stiller, Hank Azaria, and a bunch of other comedians at that time. Cool. And so it seemed like Cal was kind of gonna be okay, right? Cal was, was making a name for himself. Specifically... In uh, 1998, I think this is important to point out, uh, Keenan and Kel together were nominated for the Best Television Actor at the Kids' Choice Awards. Together? Together, yes. Oh. They were the package deal for who that was. Right, okay, that's interesting. They did not win. I, I don't have it here who, who did that year, but um, in 1999, the winner for the favorite TV actor uh, at the Kids' Choice Award was Kel Mitchell. Oh. It wasn't together, it was just Kel. Uh, for be uh, all that and Keenan and Cal, his work on both those programs. Wow. So I think this is kind of the turning point. This is when Keenan presumably says, like, you know, wait a second. I'm my own actor. I've been doing this since I was five. I should have credits for to myself. Together, and this is kind of like, I would say, the last big thing they did in this era, they co-starred in the movie The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, there's a pair of, like, nerd college kids that I think they play called uh, Lewis and Martin. Okay. Uh, but that's kind of the last time they're seen together for a bit. Right, and so before we get into kind of speculations about what we think happened, let's just keep going with the plot. Sure. This is where their paths diverge. Keenan starts to have small smaller cameos in bigger movies, like Big Fat Liar in 2002, The Master of Disguise, uh, Love Don't Cost a Thing, uh, My Boss's Daughter, Barbershop 2, 
And uh, eventually, in 2004, he has the starring role in a big movie starring a big boy. Do you recall? Fat Albert. Yes. Uh, the poster <laughs> the character from that one, and it's really his <laughs> a shining moment for him. Especially because of, of course, the Bill Cosby tie-ins, right? Yes. Um, it, he, he kind of... Uh, was inspired by Bill Cosby's comedy uh, from a young age, and now he kind of gets to play this famous role, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, in that time, Kel uh, has a couple cameos on uh, The Proud Family, uh, The Nick Cannon Show, and it's it's much, much thinner of a list. His big, his big standout one is just a, a voice acting role as T-Bone on Clifford the Big Red Dog, which did an, he did an amazing job as well. He was nominated for a Daytime Emmy for that performance. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is really cool that he's got, you know, had an Emmy, like, nomination under his belt, like, that young and that hot off of Keenan and Kel. Right. But not a lot happened, like, in his major ones. Nothing nearly as big as, as Fowl Alberts. And uh, in 2003, the two had a uh, kind of, this is the big uh, rift moment, I would say. Okay. Uh, or the, the start of the rift. This is still kind of back and forth with them. So in 2003, Keenan and Kel both interviewed for SNL. Yes. Saturday Night Live, the the big, the go-to place for comedians back then. This is how they, how people break out. This is where, you know, I'm, th I'm thinking through some, some of the classics. Um, Eddie. Murphy. Uh, Will. Farrell. Farrell. Yeah. Adam. Sandler. Stanley. It's a place where kind of comedians get a big springboard into future projects. They both auditioned at the same time. And do you recall what happened? Keenan got a callback. Kel flopped his interview. So supposedly the the legend goes um and did not get a call back yes did you uh did, do you uh, hear his recapping of that story um he was essentially dancing around and he knocked over somebody's uh, knocked over a table that had somebody's drink on it and they were not impressed yeah i, I think it it was like start with some nerves and it didn't really didn't really pay out the, the way that he wanted to and it's big it's a it's a real important role. Like this was their opportunity to do this, and around this time, it was Keenan kind of started to say that, "Hey, I don't my, my last name's Thompson. I don't want to be Anne's Kel." And and yeah, we have this rift moment where Keenan gets kind of the job of his dreams. You know, at the time, okay, yep. uh, we're still talking about young young actors or young people, right? They're not much older than me right now at this point. Um, yeah, two thousand three, they'd be what in their low twenties. Uh, 2003, they'd be 25. Yeah, 25, 25 26, yeah. right? So they're just, you know, figuring out their careers kind of. Um, but I think, you know, we have to, to really kind of piece together where the feelings there are is, uh, you know, Keenan and Kel was canceled essentially, right? Um, yeah. that, you know, there was talks, do we do Keenan and Kel in college or, you know, what do we do? And, and the you know the network was basically like no Keenan and Kel's done and so you have this show that kind of has become their identity in a way the legacy of that show is why we have this podcast absolutely I mean they're more than just actors they're characters yeah. we've talked about it so many times how Kel is more like a cartoon character at times than than an actual you know like an actor but of course it's him acting which is the brilliance of it not to mention. I don't know if you know this, Adam, but uh, Keenan and Kel are actually their real names. <laughs> yes, that, that's very important. That's that's true. It's important. That whole thing, their whole identities, literally their names being attached in a show that ran 
and they didn't really have that much creative control over, right? So this is not their project. This is Nickelodeon's project that they get to add their special touch to. And Keenan was having a little bit more success than Kel after the fact. And then the SNL thing really kind of... Uh, That's I mean, where it starts. You look at you look at Keenan's career, longest mm -hmm. longest tenured person on SNL. Hey, no spoilers. <laughs> this is that defining moment, two thousand and three. Although I will say that there was still a lot of good blood between them. Yeah. On April twenty third, two thousand five, they both partook in the All That's tenth anniversary reunion special, mm -hmm. uh, which is a I recall a huge event back in the day. Like it was a big hour special on events lighting up to it, and like they introduced new cast members. They had skits uh, from like all different eras of the show because ten years is a lot of time, and for a show that has like kind of changing sketches and changing actors, it was a really great opportunity for them to get back some old actors. Right, so they got back together. They did, you know, a famous Good Burger sketch. Is this the first all that Good Burger sketch after the movie? Uh, man, I... That's a good question, right? But it's it's, yeah. it's this big reunion. And uh, again, we're talking about people's childhoods here. And oh, yeah. That's a big deal. So, yeah, it, it, it they still had their moments where they worked together. I shared two links with you, and I, I can definitely want to share them for, with the group. Uh, the last sketch is like this giant crossover one that has all kinds of characters bouncing off each other. Cal is reprising his character of uh, Coach Creighton, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like busting through a wall and failing to break it down. And it's Keenan plays Principal Pimpel, a character of his. He's on the couch right now, and he is busting up laughing. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how he is, like, loving the show that Kel's putting on. I just want to say, at that moment, there was nothing nothing bad between them. <laughs> Still good times. Uh, shortly after, apparently on SNL, there's, like, the, yeah, you start off and you're a rookie. In October of that year, 2005, Keenan becomes a repertory player on SNL. He's like, it's official, he's in the big ones, and he's that's what kind of hooks him into being there for, uh, until the present, even. Uh, it becomes his wheelhouse, is, and his this kind of great gig that he does all the time, continuously. Meanwhile, Kel, little part pieces. He is in made-for-TV movies, and uh, like straight-to-DVD specials. I think in this time, he does crazy things like dance foo. <laughs> In 2011. Well, I think he pre he made that one, didn't he? Yeah, he co-wrote it. He co-produced it. The, uh, the 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 cover art is amazing. Oh, let's check <laughs> if, it if out. If you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, he teams up with Cedric the Entertainer, a contact from the Steve Harvey's show. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, a martial arts comedy film. In that same year, he stars in Battle for Los Angeles. Not the big Battle for L.A. movie. Uh, the, like, Asylum sci-fi channel, like, kind of knockoff version of it. It's uh, it's kind of a, a darker stage in his career. And behind the scenes, he was going through all kinds of stuff, all kinds of drama in his personal life. Yeah, and not to get into it too much, but there's, you know, there's a relationship that is not really going well, and there's, there's um, infidelity, there's um, depression, and all this other kind of stuff kind of hitting Kel. Um, and, and, you know... I, I guess we'll talk about this towards towards the end a little bit more. Um, so I don't want to give anything away, but it's often pitched as a oh, Keenan and Kel don't, you know, they broke up. It's like they're first off, they were never in a relationship. <laughs> right. Yes. But I could see like kids who were like kind of sold this image. Like exactly. Abbott Costello, Magic and Kareen. 
Yeah. Or Penn and Teller. Keaton and Kell. Right. And they they were. They were paired up with the greats, the great comedians. And, you know, great comedian duos stay together for life. But that's the thing, though. They do form those relationships later in around the age that Keenan and Kel are now in history is usually when those partnerships happen. Yes. It doesn't start when they're when they're like children. 14. Right. And, yeah. and then Coolio writes a song about them. Right. Right. I mean, you have this whole entire, you know, first off being 18 years old and having this kind of working relationship with this, with your partner, right. Your, your comedy sketch partner. Yeah. And both your names are in the title of a television show. Right. This is, I mean, talk about identity crisis. Like, you don't even know who you, I don't know, I'm 24, I don't know who I am, right? And so as people mature in the in the industry right you're always seeing you're always seeing some individuation happen and some growing up but it was almost like nickelodeon in a way put them in this brand image box that they had to break out of themselves yes and it wasn't very comfortable to do like you know they were working for nickelodeon for six right six years and and they're still involved in in the reunions and stuff like that, but there's no support afterwards to say, okay, here's your agent and here's how you do this and do that. And um, here's how you make uh, a name for yourself. No, Hollywood is, you have to go out and make your own name for yourself. You don't get any help that way. And it's real tough for child actors, right? Jeanette McCurdy, who uh, starred in uh, iCarly, just came out with a new book. Oh yeah? Kind of going over this period in history. As we may have mentioned, they rebooted the series and she didn't want to be part of it. Like she was so kind of scarred from her, her time as a child actor. Right. And kind of things that are put on her by producers and uh, and her own mother. Yeah. To like be like the breadwinner for the family. You've seen the, this happen for countless times with, uh, you know, Disney stars. I'm glad that... Uh, in our modern day, there's more lights being shed upon this and right. how and how there are like rules about kids working yeah, a certain amount of right. time. At the same time, you know, I really liked, I, I saw this interview, I forget which one it was, but it was about Keenan talking about, you know, his growing up. Um, and he, he was 15 when he got the job at all that, or 15, 16. And he said, well, I needed a job and that was better than cutting grass, right? So that's his career. And he has a really solid family foundation and mm-hmm he was always very real and grounded with his family. And so when Keenan and Kel ended, he was like 22, 23, and he was ready to go out and kind of make a name for himself. Whereas Kel was kind of dealing with some, you know, relationship things and, and kind of, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know, I don't know his story, but it doesn't seem like there's as much family support from, from Kel's end. And so you really kind of have this, uh, you know, Kel's more of this exuberant, lovable guy, uh, but also it seems like he's a little bit more in the fun, entertaining world and less grounded. Whereas Keenan, mm-hmm. throughout his whole entire career, so, so solid and and sturdy and and yeah. no drama, right? I mean, yeah, there's some controversies here and there, but... Grounded is an important word for that. I think especially in like their, their styles of comedy is important too. Uh, like... Kel's bits, you know, from like 18 to 22 on Keenan and Kel, like is he's kind of the loud one. He's kind of the energetic one. He's kind of like, you know, bouncing off the walls. And I, I think his his comedy, I would say, skews a little bit younger. Right. I, I think uh, when I was a kid watching the show, like he was the part that I really zoomed in on. Sure. Or Keenan's a little more reflected, a little more like kind of composed verbal comedy. And I think that really helped age him into uh, more success in these these aughts. Right. Verbal comedy, uh, a little bit more adult, right? He's always trying to be 
older than he is. He's always trying to make money. He's always scheming, which is definitely relatable to people who, as they go throughout life, right? As we said, the, the first sketch on all that when he was uh, Bill Cosby, like that literally translated one-to-one with him playing Bill Cosby on SNL like 10 years later. Right, and, and there's kind of this through line of his, of his um, career. But also, and Keenan and Kel, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. It's his fault, right? He he creates these schemes. He's kind of a bad, the bad guy, the bad influence, the one you, your parents tell you don't be like him, right? And that's kind of the point of the whole show. It's like don't be greedy like Keenan. With you, literally your name associated with that character, I think that caused some issues, and and they wanted to, they both wanted to move away from that because they're actors, like they're on the world stage, like sure, everyone's watching Everybody. them. And- I don't think anyone wants like their early twenties to be on like on visual record for the whole world. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right. You do things that are embarrassing. You do things mm-hmm. that you know. It's like 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 dance food. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, or yeah, just you do you do some goofy things that you're like, well, that was the job. That was it was for kids, right? And that's yeah. kind of this as I, as you watch interviews, you're like, that's this justification for this role. Um, and it seemed like they both wanted to mature in some way, right? I mean, you think about the, their idols as kids, right? Bill Cosby, uh, Eddie Murphy, and, and these different kind of stars in this era. And it's like, well, now it's time to, and I heard Keenan say this a few times in some interviews, get in the game, right? Yeah. Right. Now it's time to get in the game, all right? You're done doing the kids show. Literally, like, Keenan has a line. He, he's like, okay, now, like, after doing SNL, I was in the game for real. Yeah, he, he was in the game while Kel's still kind of on the on the side. On the fringes, here. right? You're not really a player yet. You're just kind of this supporting actor always. These are the conditions that when social media was popping off with, like, MySpace, it was a common rumor that, like, oh, that celebrity you you haven't heard of from a while, like, they died. Yeah. And that's what spawned, like, these kind of Kel's dead rumors yeah and it's like no he's not dead he's he had a difficult kind of personal life and he and he dealt with mental health problems not everyone has the same uh same pathway through uh th- through media especially right. with uh we talked to biagio last week people like change in major ways <laughs> like like and even if you were a, a kid actor like you know think that could go in a totally different direction right and you know thinking back to our interview with biagio right like he started this production company with his wife like they were married right and mm-hmm. they started a professional relationship together keenan and kel they just so happened to be on all that together right like they didn't even choose that they chose to do keenan no, and kel but it was just fates that was yeah. i mean right it was like that was the best opportunity at the time fast forward a little bit they wanted to become their own people and they were dealing with their own things i think we we've covered uh covered it very well the big kind of you know spotlight for this rift happened in november 27th 2012 mm-hmm. when uh there's a tmz video uh, uh it called basically kell's breakup video is, is how i right. would describe it right uh where uh, first of all uh, i i've never been a fan of tmz i think they they suck in major ways. Tacky. <laughs> uh, it's very tacky. It feels very much of an era that I makes me feel just dirty. <laughs> like, like it's it's the worst kind of um, a paparazzi. It's like if uh, if punk rock kids were in charge of reporting. Yeah, it, and they wanted to make everybody else look bad, so nobody looked at them. Throw them a, a bone, like you know that was in, that was popular at the time. That was in style. Like you know, it's the Tosh era. Like this made this was totally a okay. But in retrospect, it, it really it doesn't feel the best. Uh, but this uh, this one like kind of started off with like how Cal was very much like he doesn't want anything to do with me professionally, 
and the voice that they used made it sound a lot more negative than I think it truly was. They had a follow-up interview with Kel in 2014. Right. What had happened was, I think it was a Kids' Choice Award-style event. It was supposed to be Keenan like, is there, and he introduces Kel to, to like, you know, show off this award that's, that's going out. Keenan couldn't make it, sent in a video, and didn't mention Kel. And they were like, ooh, what's the scoop? Like, they were looking for all, like, the dirts to kind of dig up. And if you watch the video, like, the title does not match the vibe at all. It is fully um, just Cal, like, be like, yeah, you know, we're just doing different things. Like, you know, it, it kind of, it's unfortunate that he was, wasn't able to make it. But I felt, I felt a little weird, but not, like, in a major way. Like, he, it was totally different than the vibe that TMZ was trying to frame it as. Well, he's instantly, he's like, well, Keenan works on Saturday. So I wasn't expecting him <laughs> to be at this Saturday event. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. It really isn't that much more complicated than that. There's a there's a shade of of, of, of shade there, but I, like not much, not enough to to blow things out of the out of proportion. You know, during this time, we find out in some in some interviews that Keenan and Kel weren't communicating very much. They weren't talking very much, but that's because Kel was living in Los Angeles and Keenan was in New York doing Saturday Night yeah. Live, right? They, they're on the other side of the, uh, the country from each other. Yeah, and they also drifted professionally. They weren't working on projects together because Keenan had his own things and Kel was working on his own things. And Kel, uh, like, around this time, like, he goes from his darkest point, which I think he described as, like, you know, living in a bad part of town, uh, one-bedroom apartment, and, like, the electricity bill, like, goes off. Right. It's after <laughs> it's after a divorce with his first wife, who was unfaithful. Bad things happen with, with his kids and custody battles and things like that. And he loses a lot of his money that he, he did have from, you know, from his young fame. And he just kind of, it's kind of like a sad downward spiral, you could say. Um, but then, you know, he gets really excited for these, all that reunions, these Nickelodeon things, because that was a place where, you know, he had a big impact on culture. Yes. And I think that he, he finds that, that that's footstep again. He, around this time uh, in Sam and Cat, the Nickelodeon series, right. he returns as a character. Right. That's in 2013. And yeah, shortly after, uh, he gets these kind of bigger roles back to his Nickelodeon roots, uh, which is great. Uh, the big moments, though, when the Keenan and Cal reunion happens, yep. uh, September 23rd, 2015, mm -hmm. on The Tonight Show. Yeah, that was, I mean, 27 million views on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> this this sketch is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I will, you know, this tiniest of asterisks here. Not a Jimmy Fallon fan. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think he's real, really fake and really kind of not funny. Uh, but he, what he does well is he uh, taps into nostalgia and he kind of, you know, puts these two lightning sources together. He organizes a Good Burger kind of sketch where, like, he works as underneath Ed, who uh, returning role of Kel Mitchell. And the audience, like, lo loses their minds when, when you, like, when they realize it's a Good Burger sketch. And they lose their minds fully when Keenan arrives, reprising his role of Lester Oaks construction worker. <laughs> construction worker! A frequent uh, Good Burger uh, kind of visitor. Patron. Although he never really pays. This is the, uh, like I said, props to Jimmy Fallon, who steps out for like that part of the scene. Absol yeah, absolutely. He knew what, what the audience wanted, and they like just wouldn't stop clapping when these two were back to and forth. And it's it's still there. That's the great part. Is that that chemistry, it took a, a dormancy, but it, it's back in action. Well, I mean, you spend so much time working with somebody. 
you have to have that kind of chemistry. Like, I don't know. Adam, In your formative I, years, too. I, I feel like if we took 10 years off, 15 years off from podcasting and we watched an episode <laughs> of Keenan and Kel, and I think we would just kind of fall back into it, too, right? Absolutely. I mean, Keenan had still been doing sketch comedy all these years. And Kel, you, you know, it was one of those things where somebody would go up to Kel and they would say, who loves orange soda? And he said, Kel loves orange Like, Kel... At a Mitchell as a an actor as a human seems to really kind of embrace the the fame of his iconic roles, whereas Keenan has such a wide variety of roles and was never as iconic. You might yeah. you might say. Um, I think the word is uh, around this time, especially after all the darkness. Uh, Kel really uh, humbled himself, and he yeah yeah he he he's felt that like you know the love that comes out of people that remember him for this. You you hear about celebrities all the time that yeah. are in these that are kind of hit with these roles, and honestly, uh, for good reason. Sometimes I, I'm I'm thinking of people like uh, Jaleel White. Uh, he was the guy that played um, Urkel on Family Matters, mm-hmm. and. He had a very tough time once that show ended because he was very pigeonholed. Right. People always cast him in that same kind of nerd role, and like they really wanted to do the same, uh, do that. Alfonso Ribeiro from The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, who played Carlton, right. had a similar experience. Rain Wilson on on who played Dwight on The Office, right? Yes. He has a, another classic he, tale. He's he's very outspoken about this um, in in the Cho Show episode he's on on Hulu. Fantastic testament to he's like I'm not Dwight. I'm an I'm Rain Wilson. Like I have feelings and and like a family and I have likes and dislikes. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like you know two hats you have to wear. One where it's like you know thank you so much for respecting me for my past work, but I'm a new person now and I do new things. Well, I'm a person, right? I'm not. I'm a person. I'm yeah. not a character. You you can't you can't write me into whatever you know interaction we're having together, right? Jim Carrey has a famous kind of uh, um, tirade against the selfie. And it's like, mm. yeah, like, don't just run up to somebody, take a selfie, post it and say, who loves orange soda? But <laughs> Kel is also super generous about it. Um, and he, yes. he, 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 you could you could see it right in this 2015, 16, 17 kind of phase, especially as he enters back into the Nickelodeon fold. He is yeah. super kind of uh, emanating right with this kind mm-hmm. of this kind of joy. There's an awesome interview with the two of them, like still in costume right after doing the sketch. Mm-hmm. And you can really see that things kind of rekindle between them. The interviews afterwards, they say about how they start like, you know, start texting each other and calling each other again, talking regularly. And this attitude, and yeah, this kind of reforged <laughs> Keenan and Kel, uh, inspired them to return to all that. <laughs> Right. As executive producers now seeking out a new cast of younglings. Right. And this is really cool because they kind of, they reboot it, you know, of course, with the support of Nickelodeon and all, all the production teams and crews and all this. Uh, but they look for new young talent to kind of give them a space and create this environment to almost not churn out these new stars, but to, to support them and help them grow and it's really cool to see, right? Because because Kel gets to reprise a little bit of that um, fame, but he's also you know converted to Christianity. He's now Pastor Kel. He's a youth pastor, yes. and so his his whole kind of life's purpose, his life's mission, is revolving around supporting young people through difficult times. He's got a new faith and a new kind of voice, which is yeah. I, you know, I'm happy that he's he's found like his it, the, the light in his life. Yeah, and he has a new relationship, and he he has you know new kids, new kids <laughs> with this relationship, and. 
Um, what it seemed like is really cool recently is part of what rekindled that relationship was also the fact that they're both dads and that's, that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. Right. Um, so that's, that's a big part of kind of what brings Keenan and Kel back together and you know, what they're continue to work on together, which is all that. Kel's been able to do some spinoff stuff on his own too. Uh, he was a runner up on season 28 of dancing with the stars. Yep. He's been finding like his own niche. And I think uh, for everything I've gathered, Kel's like happy yeah. with, with how things are. Keenan's still got his, uh, his like kind of golden career. He just got a star on the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right. Things are looking up right now. And I'm glad that Keenan and Kel are once more back together. They actually did something which was interesting. They had a conversation with each other about all of this kind of uh, stuff that they didn't really, you know, everybody was talking about. Uh, well, everyone was talking about them right so like each other a lot and i think when that kind of separation you start to assume things about other people you build little scarecrows yeah of how you think they feel and how, right. what their attitude is yeah and, and think about what keenan thought of kel and what kel thought of keenan right throughout all of this process all these years there's definitely a read of kel's mood at this time <laughs> when he's like you know oh keenan like doesn't like me right keenan's like done with me <laughs> when really he's just trying to be his own guy and i they were able to talk, and that's that's a great thing in anyone's relationship, you know? They were able to talk. It seems like Kel was pretty public about his, his difficult times. I think is a good thing for the stigma of, of Hollywood and, and young stars and things like that. Um, you know, he outspoken on, on kind of mental health, but also his, his faith. All that's cool. It makes me think, though, why didn't they stay in closer contact? Which is why I do think there was... This kind of, you know, I don't know what it was, whether it was jealousy, whether it was uh, professional kind of differences, however you want to put it, right? I do think at the end of the day, Keenan was trying to create his own career, whereas it, yeah. it seems like Kel was kind of uh, fueled by Keenan's career. Like we said about the kind of awards that time, right? Mystery Men and all that stuff, like, Kel was getting a really good kind of cut of the deal. I think people, when they like look back at Keenan and Kel, like their go-to knee-jerk reaction is like, oh yeah, Kel, the funny one. I'm surprised he wasn't the one that made it to SNL. Like, that's like kind of, I think, uh, an attitude that uh, if I was in Keenan's shoes, I'd want to shake. I, uh, because, uh, as we also said, he started acting at five. He was on Mighty Ducks before he even touched all that. You know, he started acting at five. It's not a pride thing. This is his work. Yeah. This is his career, okay? This is life. This is livelihood. You could kind of be like, okay, well, I want to make sure that I'm making my own life and I have my own career because at the end of the day, I got to provide for myself and my family and my people, and I want to be my own person. Um, yeah. To me, it seems like Keenan, I don't know, what do you think about this? Uh, it sounds like Keenan also was interested in acting in, in different roles outside of comedy, but he usually gets the comedy roles because he's kind of, he's pretty funny. I, I think there's something to be kind of gathered from the fact that Keenan uh, is the longest member on SNL. I think that, sure, there's a, there's a real, like, you know, that's awesome that he's got that record and stuff like that, but it begs the question, like, you know, oh, is, is like, sketch comedy kind of his, like, peak? Mm-hmm. Is that, like, the most kind of stuff that he can do? Like, that's his... Is he just... Did he get comfortable in that and just kind of wanted to stay there? He branched out a couple times, did some movies, but he's like, this is my... This this does... This is enough. 
Well, you know, what I would say to that is it seems from, from his interviews and from kind of learning about him, it seems like he, right, he is very grounded, but um, he also doesn't want to go out and beg for jobs, which is, he does yeah. he, he is voiced very publicly, he does not like auditions. He doesn't think it actually is a good capture of character. And, you know, he's had his own controversies with auditions um, when they were trying to um, get some black women on SNL. And he basically said that the, a bunch of people came into audition and he was like, none of them are that good for SNL. Um, and, and so, like, there's this whole kind of thing with Keenan and auditioning. Um, you know, is this a part of, like, his career development I, I do want to say i don't know that full story but i don't I do recall that it was kicked off because he said like stop casting me as, as playing black women yes that no that's that's what it is yeah that, that's what spawned it right so. no and, and he, he was kind of the head of this controversy but at the same time and then he was involved in the hiring but he and then they're just like what you don't think black women are, are good enough for this show and he's like no no like that's not what i'm saying uh, but he, so it seems like there's this kind of thing with Keenan and auditioning also, mm -hmm. you know, who knows, you know, it seems like his mom had to, you know, work hard to, to get him through acting school and stuff. This is, I mean, a lot was invested in his career as an actor. Um, and it wasn't like a, a lucky break or anything like that. Like he worked hard to get it. Not saying that's the Kells was, but yeah. the, from, from that perspective, the practical perspective, right? He's getting paid well. He is in no rush to exit SNL, even though he, you know, he made a show, Keenan, and stuff like that. And so he does his little spinoffs. But part of the reason people leave SNL is they take a big risk on a project, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. There's yeah. a whole list of SNL like once stars that like crashed and burned. But also, I mean, he's great at SNL. He, I think he loves it. Yeah. No one would do it that long if they didn't like love like that kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What should we do now, Adam? Should we kind of summarize? Should we talk about? I mean, I think we have been a little bit, but yeah, I, I think we've been been wrapping things pretty pretty well here. Uh, I'm very happy that Keenan and Kel are back together, and I, I'm glad that they both got to this point in their career because uh, 11 years ago, I was very sad to see um, Kel in like Battle for, of Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> It, in fact, it kind of started inspiring me, like, you know, to find him on Twitter and saying, like, hey, dude, what's up with this? Is this is this the plan? Did you know this was supposed to be funny? Right. Like, I, it kind of uh, kick-started my uh, new love of Keenan and Cal a bit. Oh. And Keenan was always in the background. I'm like, you know, I wonder, let's go back to the formula here. Let's see what was going on on Keenan and Cal. Keenan and Cal was just the ex into like wonderful people's career where they uh met up it worked out and they they've looped back around like a dna strand yeah and i i don't know if they'll be like together forever if they're always going to be like on the same page with things i could totally see them like going off and doing two very different things again i'm happy that keenan and kel are doing well yeah, I, I think that's kind of that's kind of it, right? Um, the nitty gritty of their personal lives and of like why they made the decisions they made, and you know, was Keenan jealous? And it's like, okay, let's get back to brass tacks here. Um, they were young. They, you know, this was the beginning of their careers, really. Um, you know, because you ex expect they're forty three, forty four now. I mean, listen, that's still young for actors right like they, they have a whole career oh. ahead of them still still yeah plenty. i mean 
actors don't retire in their 60s either. No, like, it's not no, like this is a lifetime. Regular people. And it, and it comes from a love, right? And, and you wonder, like, what is their love? Well, it seems like Kel, a big part of his love is his faith. And so he's putting energy into that now. Uh, Keenan, it seems like he's, you know, starting to give back to the kids and things like that. And, you know, they, they both still have young kids and all that. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I will say at this, at this moment things are swinging well for Kel. Uh, like yeah. he's got he's doing a childhood like book series. Mm-hmm. Like you know he's got a couple other books that he's published. And Keenan at the moment, uh, you know, he did this sitcom named after him uh, last year. Uh, it had two seasons and it's done. They've they've officially pulled the plug on it. Yeah, like you know, uh, it's people's careers are uh it's a testament it's a history it's a there's ups and downs right uh, so i you know i'm happy to i'm glad that we have a segment on our show where we we follow them and we see what's up in, in their world because it's uh it's more than just uh f- four years of sitcom and adam keenan has a podcast did you know this i did yeah and kel's been on episodes yeah i, I think it's going to be our venue to one day talk to one or both of them ah that'd be cool right yeah, yeah but i mean they just came out with an episode the other day and the 121 episodes you already know with keenan thompson and tani Marole. everybody's doing their own thing um we we don't need to kind of tell these backwards stories about oh no uh, but i think it is it is helpful to know that let's do what historians do and cover the history and not like uh tmz does and exploit it right you know and at the, th- at the same time if there is a bigger story here i think the bigger story is young fame and the difficulty with individuating when you have a character to play like when when, when people associate with you with a character and like we yeah. like we talked about, this happens with other actors too. So I think you know if there's one thing we can do as fans is recognize that the people the people we love on TV are of course human beings who are working a job, and they are people too. You know when you meet a famous celebrity, I would say don't take a selfie with them. Uh, just like <laughs> say hello and respect their respect their space and all that stuff you can ask for a selfie totally you can uh, yeah do your thing right kel does uh cons and stuff like that you can like walk up to a booth where he's at oh yeah 100%. and like you know have a conversation officially with him or uh, i think he's on cameo as well because celebrities aren't uh like you know roadkill yeah don't uh, don't treat them like that. yeah they're not caricatures of these care you know these characters right they're not caricatures of characters right exactly and you know i think i think the story of keenan and kel uh is not keenan versus kel were there some quiet years there yeah but do you talk to your high school friends every day no people drift and people come back together and you reunite and um i think what's cool is that they're both professionals and they have never publicly dissed each other you look around and that's not a thing that's happened even zooming in that tmz stuff it's yeah. like it's very much they went their own even at like the height of when what this should be they're just um looking the other way and turning the other cheek if there's any bad blood between them the last thing i would say is keenan and kill as we have this podcast right uh yeah. was an iconic television show and what does it mean to be an icon I think it means, you know, you have an image. And if you don't live up to that image when people meet you, then they're disappointed. And nobody wants to disappoint their fans, but at the end of the day, you're, you're a person. And you got to make decisions that are right for you. So Keenan and Kel both 
made decisions that were right for them. And maybe they weren't, and maybe they were, but I'm glad there's not a kid in Cal season 25. You know, like that, I would be much yeah. more sad if that was the case. As much as we would have more content to, to cover, <laughs> I, I th- I'm glad that we had this episode and very well said. Aaron, before we head out, would you be so kind to join me for this fancy cam? I would love to, Adam. This is a tweet that I saw from at Cosmic Glovey DX, who said that um, we should all band together and vote for Good Burger before nominations end uh, for the National Film Registry on the 15th. Aaron, the Library of Congress has a <laughs> great has a uh, a collection of films. I like where this the is National going. Film Registry. I like where this is, is this going to be a question? Uh, this is going to be more of a prompt for oh, okay, you. Okay, great. All right, let me see what I can do. Let me get my pen and paper out. It doesn't have to be live. I was hoping we could, uh, you know, I could pitch it to you and we can submit it before the 15th in five days. Um, okay. Uh, so basically, uh, there's a list of eligibilities, which Good Burger totally falls within, of boobies that are, like, welcome to the Library of Congress. Uh, do you want to help me, help me read some of this? Sure. So, to be eligible for the registry, a film must be at least 10 years old and be culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the movie Good Burger, I think, matches all these things. And there's a, a kind of a, a big paragraph here about what the registry should be about. And I think, I think we're well within the, the realm. The registry is intended to reflect American society and the rich tapestry of American cinema since its inceptions around 1890. To that end, we strongly encourage the nomination of the full range of American filmmaking, not just Hollywood classics or other well-known works, but also silent era titles, documentaries, avant-garde, educational and industrial films, as well as films representing the vibrant, unmatched diversity of American culture, both in terms of content and all those who created these snapshots of American society, directors, writers, actors and actresses, cinematographers, and other crafts. Boy, Adam, I think we have uh, quite the contender here in Good Burger. Yes, and so my premise for you, and uh, this this is a little homework behind the scenes, is to uh, write up a pitch uh, for Good Burger uh, for, for the, this, uh, this page in the Library of Congress. I can send you a link to where you can submit it. And I'll post a link right now on Twitter for all the fans to, to join us. Next episode, we do, I would like us to read what our pitches were for why Good Burger should be welcomed in the Library of Congress. Absolutely. Are we going to write two separate ones? Yep. Okay, as, met, as many as possible. Anyone can nominate, so I think two nominations will be good. When's it due? August 15th. Okay, so uh, this is way past when this episode airs? Yes, so that's why I'm, I'm posting it now on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, unfortunately, our Biagio interview bumped us a bit. I think just one pitch would probably do it, right? It would, it would get yes. them to be like, oh. And I think two pitches, you and I, two resounding will pitches, like, will oh, lock yes. us in. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, and that'd be something we could uh, put on our resumes. <laughs> if we can get yeah. <laughs> got Keaton and Kel with Adam and Aaron, uh, one hundred and twenty episodes. Uh, For what it's God. worth, I, I, I want to make sure you know that the Library of Congress movies like aren't like it's not a it's not all like Citizen Kane's and, and stuff like that. Like Shrek 
was like funnily added like a couple years ago. So like I could go to the Library of Congress and like I could check out. I don't know exactly how it works. <laughs> there might be like a like a, a a display like a plaque that we can totally visit in like DC. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that says Good Burger is now included. Ah uh, yes. Well, Adam, I will make sure to have my pitch ready for you the next time we podcast. Oh, and more, most importantly for Library of Congress, but by August fifteenth. Uh, thank you for joining me on this uh, this different but really good episode of. Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. Aaron. What we uh, what we want to leave everybody with is um, remember, don't meet your heroes. Just kidding. I think meeting Keenan and Kel would be really great, right? I think that yeah. they're great. They're two great human beings who have carved, uh, really made a name for themselves. I think they're both in the game, absolutely, and they should be proud, and their family should be proud of the hard work they've done over all these years. Um, I am I am very happy to be a fan of not only Keenan and Kel but both Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell. Uh, join us next time uh, for uh, another pass at something that these two wonderful uh, men do. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. Uh, here it goes. Thank you for listening. You can send us an email at keenankelpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash keenankelpodcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at Keenan Gale Podcast. 